What is up? What is up? What is up, everybody? Hope everybody's having a wonderful day, wonderful morning, afternoon, or night. It is August 18th, a beautiful hump day. Um, I don't know if you guys are listening to this now. It's the beauty of podcasts. Could be listening to it on the 18th, 19th, 20th. You can listen to it whenever you want, but I'm so glad that you're listening. Uh, for everybody out there listening on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and the newest platform for the All In Man Cave podcast, Apple Podcasts, welcome. We are approaching quickly on week one of the NFL season. So week two of preseason is coming up, three weeks of that, and a short, a shorter off week before the season starts. We are doing another divisional recap today. We're going to be doing the NFC South as well as a very new segment that I've just added, just especially just for you guys. So if you know anybody, you like the podcast, you enjoy it. If you have any comments, uh, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I will look at them and take them into consideration highly. Uh, your feedback is, means a lot to me, and I'm just trying to grow the podcast as much as possible. Um, But we'll get into the new segment later, but let's start off with the NFC South. So starting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Tampa Bay has basically pulled a Houdini in terms of salary cap and brought back basically all of their starters from last season. As you guys obviously know, if you're listening to the podcast and you guys are avid sports fans, they did win the Super Bowl last season with the GOAT, Tom Brady. Tom Brady will be returning this season. He did sign an extension, so he will be making $25 million this year somehow, and in some way, he has managed to only have a $9 million cap hit, which is amazing for that team, which is why they were able to re-sign and pay everybody on the defense and also on the offense. So let's talk about Tom. So Tom Brady was not known for the actions that he's portrayed in the past year that he's been with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady has been known as not a jokester, not a smart aleck, not a guy who likes to have fun, a guy who likes to work. And after the past year of seeing what he's been doing off the field and on the field with the Tampa Bay Bucks, that was not the real Tom Brady we were looking at when he was on the New England Patriots. Tom Brady is a, you saw him on the match, it, he was a funny guy cracking jokes. You see him on social media uh, coming out, talking about all these teams that should have looked at him, should have gave him a call when he was a free agent. He never would have done that when he was on the New England Patriots, which means he was influenced by that organization. Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick influenced Tom Brady to be somebody he wasn't, and now he's having a ball. Tom Brady is more motivated than ever based on the fact that his his health and the way he goes about it with his uh, TB12 organization uh, for eating healthy with with all the nutrients and all the vitamins he's got out as well as his play on the field which was pretty immaculate throughout the end of the season and the playoffs but can Tom Brady continue to do this without getting hit by father of time I know I haven't talked a lot about the NBA in this podcast we will talk about the NBA from time to time he needs to make sure that Father of Time doesn't hit him like Le- like it hit LeBron James in the past season. I know it was a COVID season, but if you guys don't want an NBA comparison, then you can get uh, 
PGA Tour comparison with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods from 2010 to 2018 literally had the yips and forgot how to play golf until he won the Tour Championship and then the Masters. He, uh, there was a decade of golf with Tiger Woods being almost completely irrelevant. Tom Brady needs to do enough, and he doesn't have to do as much as LeBron and as much as Tiger Woods had to do to capture that victory or at least be relevant again. However, it's going to be extremely difficult to do that if Tom Brady cannot throw the ball at least half decently. Now, don't get me wrong. Their defense is solid. They have playmakers all over the field. So it will be easier than doing it by yourself, essentially. So he just has to be average. That's basically what has to happen. He has to be average. And I believe that he will be average, at least. They they have the best roster, the deepest roster. They have players that are in backup positions that would start on 25 out of the 32 teams. Running back-wise, Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette. Doesn't matter which one's starting, the other one would start on any other team. Or at least have an avid role on the offense. They got Gio Bernard to catch passes out of the backfield. He hasn't had that much opportunity since Joe Mixon was drafted for the Cincinnati Bengals. They brought him in um, on a one-year deal, so we'll see how Gio Bernard influences that. But similar to James White, Rex Burkhead, and some of the the running backs that have been able to catch the ball out of the backfield that Tom had in New England, Gio Bernard's going to be one of those type players. He's going to be the James White for him on this team. Which it makes them, what makes me think that they're going to have a major success on offense this season. Also, wide receiver Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. I mean, that's four and five on the depth chart. Four and five on the depth chart. They'll probably start. They'll probably be two and threes on twenty-five teams out of the thirty-two. They, they have they have extreme depth at every part, like and and the defense also, not including but. Not including the starting players, but some of these players like Jamel Dean, Ross Cockrell, and Joe Tryon that they just drafted in the first round last of the draft last season. He's a linebacker slash D end pass rusher. He's going to be amazing. He's going to be amazing, and he's not even starting. Think about that. Joe Tryon's going to be a great player from Washington. Uh, he's a great guy, and. Listen, Tampa Bay can be pumped up as much as they want on every single social media platform, every single NFL platform. I'm going to pump them up too because I don't see a weakness on this team. The only way, like, so the only way that I see them being worse than what we all expect is if injuries take over. And father of time hits Tom Brady. And the chances of injuries taking over more than half the defense and the offense and Tom Brady, it's not, I don't, there's not a good chance it's happening. If anybody out there is making bets, please bet the over for Tampa Bay. Over 11.5. Please take the over. There's no way they're coming under 11.5 wins. That's like saying the Chiefs are going to have less than 10 wins with Patrick Mahomes. Not happening. It's absolutely not happening. Now, it's tough to stay on top, it's tough to repeat. It's tough to it's tough to be as good as you were when the how good you were was projected as your possible ceiling. If that if if you're following what I'm saying, so like their ceiling was what they did. How do they beat that now? How do they beat performing like that in the playoffs? 
How do they beat having a defense that went from a possible top 15 in the first maybe 10 weeks to being a top two defense in the past, in the last seven weeks? It, it's very difficult to stay on top, and I've seen it in more sports than not. So we'll see what happens. Tom Brady is going to perform. So I have the Tampa Bay Bucks winning this division. And their record for the 2021 season will be 13 and 4. 13 and 4 for the Tampa Bay Bucks. All right, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. So Atlanta's in a bit of a situation this year. So they have some playmakers on both sides of the ball, but their depth is weak. So that, yeah, they have Calvin Ridley. Yeah, they have Kyle Pitts. But please name another threat on the offense. Their starting running back is Mike Davis. Mike Davis is good, don't get me wrong. But behind Mike Davis, they have Quadri Olison. If anybody can tell me where he went to college, let me know. And Cordero Patterson, who for the last five years cannot decide what position he plays in NFL football. Does he play punt return or kick return? Does he play running back? Does he play wide receiver? You cannot pick all three because he's been picking all three and he's been not very good. He was decent on the Vikings for one, maybe two years. But after that, it's been, I don't know what I play, so I'm just going to try and stay on a team and do something. The problem is Matt Ryan is leading this team, and it's almost like a crystal ball has shown me that he's going to decline. He's been declining. He's not very mobile, very Kirk Cousins-like quarterback, very, very, his arm is decent. He could, he could throw people to routes, but it, Kyle, Kyle Pitts is not going to save this team and help them win 13 games. They have decent pass rushers. They've got Grady Jarrett. They've got Deion Jones. They've got Dante Fowler Jr. But that's three people on a defense. Their secondary is, is very weak, and it doesn't have any depth. Their, their secondary is not going to help them out. And their front seven is going to be good enough, but it's not going to win them every game. I saw this with multiple teams already. The front seven went, you can have a weak secondary. You cannot have a weak secondary when you're playing teams like Tampa Bay twice a year that have five wide receivers that could burn every one of your corners. There's no way. There's there's no way that you could possibly do that and do it at a, at a decent clip. They need to win big games, and they're not going to win them all, but I think with the experience of Matt Ryan, he's going to get a decent amount of them to go their way. So the 2021 record that I project for the Atlanta Falcons is 8-9, eight and nine, and three out of those 8-9 eight and nine, eight and nine record games are going to be close games that are won by a field goal or a last-minute drive. But I've got the Falcons at 8-9. and nine. All right, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. So the biggest thing for the Saints this season is, wow, Drew Brees is gone, and now I have to choose between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I'm sorry, but Taysom Hill is basically Tim Tebow if he would have made the Jaguars. If you guys don't know, uh, news broke, I believe it was yesterday, that Tim Tebow was cut by the Jaguars on the first cuts of the preseason. They went down to 85, and Tim Tebow is now officially cut. 
Urban Meyer came out with a press conference, said that he's probably done in the NFL because they asked him. And Urban Meyer has his friend, probably has the best take on the rest of his career. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't believe in either of these players. You, you basically go with Taysom Hill, who has less skill as an actual QB, or Jameis Winston, who has more skill as a QB, but has basically historically thrown a lot of interceptions. And I know a lot of people are going to give me pushback on that and say, oh, it was Bruce Arians in the offense. Like, he's still not throwing that ball. Like, Bruce Arians isn't, doesn't have a gun to his head telling him he's got to throw this football. So he didn't have to throw it into quadruple coverage 65 yards down the field. He could have ran for a first down or checked it down. Yes, the play was designed for him to throw deep a lot, but that doesn't mean he has to make that decision. And I don't believe that I don't believe that they're going to perform any better than they did in the week 1 preseason performance. Both of them played very subpar. The team has itself turned the ball over 6 times. Jameis Winston threw a pick, Taysom Hill threw two and fumbled. Right now, they need to figure it out. I'm not one of those people who puts a lot of a lot of stress on preseason games. You got to get people looks, and you got to understand if they're going to be able to play and how. For some of these team, for some of these players that have been on practice squads, for some of these undrafted players, for some of these players that are going to be going up against first stringers, even though you know that they're going to be a third string backup. You got to see if they can perform and how they're going to do it in certain situations. It's basically three weeks of a giant practice, from in terms of the way I feel about the preseason. Yes, the Vikings got beat thirty-three to six by the Broncos, who have a quarterback situation happening, and they started every one of their starting wide receivers while the Vikings sat thirty starters on special teams, offense, and on defense. Yes, we're going to lose that game every time. Drew Locke and Teddy are fighting for a starting job. They're going to give 110%. You know who 110% is not good enough for that? The fourth string corner that the Vikings put in this game. So you got to you got to take it into consideration. So just just take it with a grain of salt when you're watching preseason games. Look up the depth chart while you're watching them and be like, "Oh, the Dolphins are losing by 40. Well, who are they playing?" Who's that other team playing and who are they starting? You got to take a look at this because you can't overreact to, to NFL preseason games like this. You can't. And I see a lot of people doing it, and it's a little ridiculous, to be quite honest with you. Their wide receiver depth is terrible. The Saints wide receiver depth is terrible. Let's go over some of these names, and you guys let me know if you know of any of these players. Marquez Callaway. Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan was good for the Patriots five years ago. And has been irrelevant since then. Deontay Harris, who returns punts and kicks, is listed as a second wide receiver at the at the Z. Tommy Lee Lewis, who returned kicks and punts, and is listed as a third wide receiver for the X. And Ty Montgomery, who just like Cordero Patterson, doesn't know what position he plays. Does he play running back? Does he play wide receiver? Does he return punts? It, it, who knows how long Michael Thomas is going to be out? And Traquan Smith is good, but is he an act- can he actually be a number one? And he's questionable throughout the entire preseason. I believe he has a soft tissue injury. So that's going to be a nagging injury as well. So we'll see how this goes. The only bread and butter of this team right now is their offensive line, which honestly is giving the Browns a run for their money as the best O-line in the league. 
Andres Pete, Teron Armstead, Cesar Ruiz, and Ryan Ramchek, who just signed that big deal. They're going to be their offensive line is going to be able to hide a little bit of the issues that they're going to have on offense. Alvin Kamara is still there. They have a good running back room. Their running back room is deep. They're all pass catchers. They can be three down backs. They have a lot of they have a lot of good players on this team offensively. A lot of them are hurt and or mad, depending on how Michael Thomas wakes up the next day because he decides on Twitter that he wants to play and he wants to rehab and then he wants to freak out about what how he was treated and all this stuff. Well, pick a side, please. Pick one side and go with it. You ain't gotta you ain't gotta play this game just because you're a you're a big social media influence and you're gonna get likes and all this stuff. You ain't gotta play this game. Tell us how you feel. And that's that's it. Pick one side. But defense wins championships, and the O-line helps. I still believe in it. I know it's old school. I know I said in my one previous podcast that I'm not an old school thinker. That's one old school thing that I believe. You cannot score 50 points a game and just give up 45 and expect to win 13 games and go to the Super Bowl. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And their defense is very strong. They're deep, they're strong, just like their O-line. The problem is they have injuries and inconsistent play at the quarterback position. So let's see what we get. Let's see what we get out of the Saints. Now, I'm not a huge believer in them. They always say Vikings fans don't like Saints fans. I never believed in that. I just hate the Packers. So, to be quite honest with you, I don't hate the Saints. I just don't believe in them. I don't believe in Winston. I don't believe in Taysom Hill. And their other two quarterbacks are Ian Book, who was subpar at Notre Dame, and Trevor Simeon, who played for the Vikings and threw four picks in one game he was in. So I don't believe in the quarterback room at all, which will not help them in their win-loss totals. So the Saints' 2021 record will be 7-10. and 10. That depends on if they start Taysom or Jameis. So if they start Jameis, they get one more win. If they start Taysom, they get one more loss. All right, and let's go to the basement. Let's go to the Carolina Panthers. Can Sam Darnold do it? My answer is no. He cannot. It's not all Adam Gase. He came out hot. He is young. He's got an opportunity. But it's not all Adam Gase's fault that Sam Darnold was terrible. He had players he could throw to and a decent offensive line at the New York Jets. He had Jamison Crowder. He had Chris Herndon, a big offensive tight end who can win on routes, as he showed in college. He had a decent run game, or at least one that could get him yards. He needs to figure it out. This team has... The Carolina Panthers are one of the most underrated teams this season in terms of offensive and defensive weapons. So let's go through the offensive weapons quick. They got Christian McCaffrey... And they just drafted Chuba Hubbard, which it, it is tape. It's one of the best running back tapes I've seen since Adrian Peterson. This this man this man is a, a monster on the field. Chuba Hubbard is no is is no person to to mess with. They got Terrace Marshall Jr. from from LSU who played with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, who are both currently in the NFL, and he was the third option. And as a third option, he was more like a two and a half option because I compare him to a combo of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Like, he's good. Terrace Marshall is good. 
They got David Moore and Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold, very underrated tight end from the uh, Arizona Cardinals last season, who's probably going to end up starting for them at tight end this season. They got they got plenty, plenty of playmakers on this team. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, come on, come on. They got plenty of playmakers. I just don't believe in Darnold. I've seen him get happy feet in the in the pocket. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks that are going to end up starting this year that have happy feet. Kirk Cousins, big one. Andy Dalton, big one. Jimmy Garoppolo, big one. You get happy feet and you're not that mobile. It's not going to work out. Now Sam Darnold's younger and he's more mobile than Kirk Cousins. And he's probably more mobile than Jimmy Garoppolo. But he he made a decent amount of average throws. And it, the fact that I would say maybe 10, 10 deep throws down the field, one will be decent, the rest of them will be picked off. I don't believe in Sam Darnold. I just don't. I watched P.J. Walker, their backup, in that game. P.J. Walker should start. XFL standout. He... PJ Walker's a good he got to work on his accuracy a little bit. Almost similar to like a Justin Fields where he's mobile but his accuracy's just a little off, but he can make big plays. I just don't believe in Sam Darnold. And their defense, the Carolina Panthers defense is one of the most underrated defenses in the league right now. They got Shaq Thompson, Hassan Reddick who a few years ago led the lead in sacks. They got Derrick Brown from from Auburn is a huge presence in the middle of that in the middle of that defense. They got they drafted JC Horn, the corner from South Carolina, who's a ball hawk. Don't get me wrong, but he's working on his man coverage. Didn't play too bad. Not not a bad player. He's not as good as Patrick Sertan in my in my eyes, which Patrick Sertan had a pick six. Don't get me wrong, it was a terrible throw and a terrible route, but Patrick Sertan is a better cover corner than J.C. Horn, but J.C. Horn has bigger play avail- bigger play percentage. He's going to make a big play one out of five plays that are going right at him. He's going to make the play. And then Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin is a, a very underrated safety who just, once again, just like J.C. Horn, makes huge plays throughout the game. I remember last season watching a game. Vikings were up. I believe it was 21-10 to at halftime against the Panthers. Two plays. A fumble by Kirk Cousins returned by Jeremy Chin for a touchdown. And then another fumble by Dalvin Cook returned for a touchdown by Jeremy Chin. And we're losing the game 24-21 to in two drives. I was like, who is this guy? I had to look him up. I didn't even believe that he was good. I didn't even believe where he came from. I watched some tape. He's good. He's a great safety. Can make big plays. Similar to like a Jamal, a mini Jamal Adams. If I had to make a make a comparison or or any comp, to be honest. But I don't believe in Sam Darnold. I think this team needs to rebound. They need to either pick up a free agent quarterback or they need to draft one. Because or start PJ give PJ Walker a chance. But I don't think this team figures it out this season, and I have no faith in Sam Darnold leading this team. So the Panthers' record in 2021 will be 6-11. and 6-11 and 11 for the Carolina Panthers. All right, I promised before that I would have a new 
a new segment for you guys, just for stuff that I've seen throughout the first week of preseason and maybe a little bit through camp. So the NFC South the divisional recap is over. The new segment called Vet or Rook. So we're going to go through a few veteran quarterbacks, and we're going to go through some rookie quarterbacks from this draft and maybe from a, a year or two ago. Uh, AKA, there's a wink-wink bonus in here for the last one. But we'll go over the five quarterbacks that were drafted in this past draft and the vets they are going against and who I I would consider or who I would suggest to start the season week one and exactly why I think that. So I've been seeing a lot of this stuff. Uh, quarterbacks are king in the NFL, at least in the past five to seven years. So... Let's go over these quarterbacks. So the first one I've got, vet or rook, is Mac Jones or Cam Newton. So if I'm the New England Patriots, I am 100% starting Mac Jones. Cam Newton last year, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I did throughout the offseason until this preseason and some of the stuff I've seen through camp. He did get COVID last season, which seemed to affect his play, but the problem with starting Cam Newton is he still can't throw the ball down the field. He still cannot throw the ball down the field. You know who else can't throw the ball deep down the field at a decent rate? Mac Jones. But at least he's consistent in doing what he advertised as himself coming out of college. So Mac Jones has a very low ceiling and a very high floor. So... A lot of play. A lot of people will disagree with me and say that there's no player in the NFL now that has a very, a very high floor. But Max Jones has a high floor. He's your basic Kirk Cousins, not mobile, but will. He's a very accurate quarterback. It's going to get you high completion percentage. They have all those players coming back on defense. They just need people not to make mistakes. The mistakes that Cam Newton will make if he starts Week One. Cam Newton needs to have a package in that offense that Taysom Hill has or should have in the Saints offense when they start Jameis Winston. Now, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are not on this, not in this segment, but that needs to be a similar, like Cam Newton needs to be the quarterback inside the 15 if they have a short, short yard, short distance to go for first down or short distance to get a touchdown. But Mac Jones needs to be the starting quarterback. Mac Jones needs to start for them. Because he cannot, Cam can't make big throws. The some of the he's still one hopping people in camp. You, you can't do that. And Mac Jones has has made a a lot of progress in camp. So uh, there's no way that you can do this. And to be honest with you, I think Mac Jones was going to be the first. I mean, besides out of the three quarterbacks that got drafted that were questionable to start. The soonest, I believe Mac Jones will be the first one. We'll get through the rest of them because they're the rest of the quarterbacks on the on for the rest of the segment. But I think Mac Jones will come in first. Now, moving on. So we got Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. So for me personally, I think they should start Jimmy G. Now Trey Lance was 5 of 14 for 108 yards in the first game. Did make that 80-yard touchdown throw, which means subtract 80 from 108. So he had 28 yards on four more completions. Looked like his footwork was a little off. Had no pocket presence. It was 
it was almost like he wanted to run on every play because he wasn't that comfortable yet. I, I don't know of with the playbook or with the blocks or what have you. Maybe he was a little nervous. It's his first NFL game. Hell, I would be nervous. But you you got to let him gain a pocket presence. And if he gains a pocket presence, his legs are even more deadly because it's less expected. And Trey Lance is like a four five five four six guy. He's not slow by any means, and he can get you first downs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is not a he's not a lightning rod when he runs, but he gets first downs, and he's a very mobile guy. Even though he ran not that fast of a forty, and he doesn't look like he's that fast, but he has to, he rips off twenty yard runs on a regular basis. So I don't see I don't see the gain of them starting Trey Lance when they know he could possibly be better because Jimmy G is not a bad quarterback. He just gets hurt and he's not as mobile. Yes, Trey Lance's arm is way better and Jimmy can't make 80-yard throws down the field as as good as Trey Lance could. But Jimmy G needs to be used as a mentor until he gets hurt. And that's the exact way I would play it. I would start Jimmy G until he either stinks or gets hurt and then bring Trey in because that gives Trey the mo- the most amount of time to be as good as he can for this football team and learn as much as he can versus throwing him out there and then having to go to Jimmy G when it doesn't work out. Because when that happens, everything is lost and every every thing of progression that happened between both of them is lost. Jimmy G's pissed because he didn't start at the beginning of the season and Trey Lance is pissed because he got benched. Whereas we can see what happens with Jimmy G throughout the season and then bring Trey in as we need. Now Trey can have a, a package just like just like Taysom Hill would or just like Cam Newton would like we just talked about Cam. Like he could have a package and he should because he's shown that he can throw the ball and he can make big plays. But you cannot pay Jimmy Garoppolo $25 million as a backup. You can't do that. So you need to be either okay with trading him to a team that needs a quarterback or starting him week one. Because that you're, you might as well just flush $25 million right down the drain. Because what are the chances? What are the chances you bring Jimmy back in after seeing tr- what Trey did and the pos- all the positives of what he did while he was in versus the negatives of what could happen while he's in? So I would 100% start Jimmy Garoppolo, but I would keep an eye on what tr- uh, what Trey Lance is doing in the packages that you create for him starting week one and for the rest of the preseason. Like It's almost like you should see what the team thinks about it. Like ask the wide receivers, ask the O-line and see like you don't have to you don't have to do like a survey and like reveal who you are, but like ask people, ask people and see who they think should start because it's I would not pay Jimmy Garoppolo $25 million. I would trade him. I, I'm not paying him $25 million to be a backup. It's not happening. That's absolutely not happening. All right, let's move on. Justin Fields or Andy Dalton? So I have an opinion on this, and I know for a fact that it's not going to happen, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So I believe that Justin Fields should start. And the reason why is because we saw what Andy Dalton was last season. We saw him play for the Cowboys and be subpar. Their offensive line was hurt. I get that. Their defense was terrible. I get that. 
but he's not your starting quarterback, and he doesn't offer anything that Justin Fields can't do. I'm sorry, he just doesn't. Matt Nagy will start Andy Dalton. I will almost 100% guarantee that. Unless Justin Fields goes 20 for 20 with 3,000 yards and 14 TDs in one game, Matt Nagy will start Andy Dalton. But Justin Fields gives the spark to the Bears offense that they need, and it makes it more dynamic. The Bears have always had a weak offense, not 100% of the time, but at least the past decade, their offense has been weak, and their quarterback play hasn't been good. Justin Fields was drafted to change that, so let's change it. David Montgomery at running back. They got Allen Robinson. They have playmakers on this team. They need to use them. And Justin Fields needs to be incorporated on that offense for them to do so. Andy Dalton's making $10 million a year for the next two years. He signed a two-year $20 million deal. I'm not sure if that's 100% guaranteed or not. Not 100% positive. But you could deal him to the first team that asks for a quarterback. As I would. If anybody needs one, say Trevor Lawrence gets hurt or possibly the Colts are looking for a quarterback or because Carson Wentz is is, is a little bit banged up still going into week one, you could deal Andy Dalton to a team who needs him and start Justin Fields now. He's a 4-4 guy. He's fast. He can get out of the pocket. Their offensive line is already terrible. Not terrible, but they're below average. So you're going to need a mobile quarterback to get out of the pocket anyway. Andy Dalton's going to get swallowed up because that offensive line is subpar enough for him to get huge pressure on him on probably 70% of the snaps. And Andy Dalton's not that mobile. So he can't just run away from it. Justin Fields can run away from it. Justin Fields needs to start for them week one. If not, they're not going to start well. Because I think the team wants Justin Fields to start. Based on what I saw in the first preseason game, not overreacting, just what I saw. He's got good presence. He made some decent throws. His completion percentage was pretty good. And he had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. What else do you want from him? Let's keep an eye on Justin Fields for the rest of the preseason. But I believe he should start for the Bears. All right, so for the next two, um, not really uh, anywhere close to anything that is relevant. Trevor Lawrence will start for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Zach Wilson will start for the New York Jets. There is not a single quarterback that should start over them. All these people that think Gardner Minshew is going to start over Trevor Lawrence when they – that's the reason Urban Meyer took the job is to coach Trevor Lawrence and to start him. In the media, he's like, we don't know who the quarterback... Yes, you do. Don't... No. Stop with that. You know you're starting Trevor Lawrence. You know for a fact you're starting him. That's why you drafted his running back, Travis Etienne. And you drafted him. And the only reason you came to the NFL is because of that. Stop it. Trevor Lawrence will start week one. Gardner Minshew is not starting over him, nor is any other quarterback on the Jacksonville Jaguars QB room right now. Not happening. Trevor Lawrence will start. He had a decent first week of preseason. I think it was 6-9 and nine for like 70 or so yards. Pretty decent. Not bad. He did have a fumble. It's like I said, first game for some of these rooks. They're, they're, it happens. It happens. 
Just I'm just gonna leave it at that. It happens. And then Zach Wilson, Lord. I looked up the names of the on the depth chart for the New York Jets. Unbelievable. I have no idea who these people are. I kid you not. I have no idea who these people are. Mike White, James Morgan, and Josh Johnson. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a I'm not an NFL scout by any means, but I'm an avid football fan. And I watch a decent amount of tape from colleges, from players that I see, uh, from interesting players that I want to get into, from most of these teams, for basically all the 32 NFL teams. And I have no idea who any of those players are. I kid you not. Josh Johnson's been in the league for like 13 years. I have no idea. He's played for 14 teams in 13 years. I have no idea who this dude is. Not a clue. Not a single clue. And if you think Zach Wilson's not starting over any, no one. No one is coming in the way of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson starting. Zach Wilson looked pretty decent in his first game against the Giants. He did have relatively easy throws to to make. So it's not like he was given the hardest throw. Most of his throws were for over the middle or they were calculated routes that were relatively short. Didn't air the ball out a lot. I think that was the plan, honestly, in this game. Because a lot of their receivers on the inside and in the slot, um, they want to see what they have in terms of a, a wide receiver room and where they should plan to plant some of these people in a location, whether you be wide receiver 3, 4, X, Y, Z, what, what have you. So I think that was the plan. But honestly... They're both starting, so it doesn't even matter what I say. It doesn't matter what happens. They're both starting, so it's irrelevant. All right, and I told you guys I had a bonus. Not actually a rookie, but it's interesting to take a look at this because I was obviously watching the game as an avid Vikings fan. So Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. Now, based on the quality of players on the Vikings defense, I'm pretty sure that any any quarterback on any roster could have thrown for over 100 yards and a touchdown against these people. It was awful. The defense played awful. The offense was terrible. Terrible. I believe we had 120 yards passing between two quarterbacks throwing it 45 times. 120 yards passing. That's like less than three yards a play. That's terrible. But Drew Locke looked pretty good. Teddy Bridgewater also looked good. So they threw for Drew Locke threw for two TDs. Teddy threw for one. I think Drew Locke had about 150 yards and Teddy had 75. Now, I'm starting Drew Locke. I'm 100% starting Drew Locke over Teddy Bridgewater. The reason why is because Drew Locke's high ceiling is what I want to see that'll determine whether or not I let him go or draft somebody else, or pick up somebody else next season. Teddy is a great bridge quarterback. He can be a bridge quarterback for the rest of his career. He's probably the best backup in football right now, if they start Drew Locke. He is the best backup quarterback right now in football. 100%. That is the hot take of this episode. And I'm not just saying that because I'm biased and I love Teddy. He's a great backup quarterback. He doesn't have. He has a very high floor, and he doesn't make mistakes. You want to see what you have out of Drew Locke. Don't get me wrong. He had a very subpar season last year. 
So let's see with the the youth they have at wide receiver and all of the defensive players they picked up and have on that team. Let's see if Drew Locke can make it happen, which he is very more than capable of doing with the arm he has and the mobility he has. But Teddy, Teddy's a good player. He was a gap. He was a gap quarterback for New Orleans. He did that last year. The Carolina Panthers lost a decent amount of players, so he did the best he could. He played pretty well under the circumstances. But Drew Locke needs to start. 100% Drew Locke needs to start. So let's go through it again. So Mac Jones or Cam, I've got Mac Jones. Trey Lance or Jimmy G, I got Jimmy G. Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, I got Justin Fields. There is nobody competing against Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, so they are both starting. And Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. I've got Drew Locke. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, whether it be on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Anything, questions you guys have in there, I want to start a mailbag so I can take the last segment of every episode, go through some of your questions. Just wanted to give a shout-out to Ryan Shamming, a great friend of mine. Haven't seen him in a while. I'm glad he's doing well. Shot me a text message the other day. Said he listens to the podcast a lot. Needs me to release more episodes. Well, guess what, Ryan? We're about to start uh, a decent amount of episodes, especially at the beginning of the NFL season. I'll throw in a few different sports along the way, but we'll focus on the NFL because it's the best sport out there. Uh, my opinion, just my opinion, but it's also other people's opinions. So thank you, Ryan Shamming, for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. Glad you're doing well, dude. Uh, anybody else, please, please leave a review. Hit me. Feel free to hit me up on Facebook. Cole Hates, C-O-L-E-H-A-Y, D as in dog, T as in Tom. Any possible feedback, trying to make the podcast as good as it can be. Um, so once again, if you know anybody who liked the podcast, please spread the word. Word of mouth is the way to go. Um, but also feel free to share any of my posts on Facebook or share the podcast in general. Thanks guys. I really appreciate it. We're coming into preseason week two. I've got two more NFC divisional recaps to do before we are done with the NFL divisional recaps. And by that time, the season will start. I'm going to do another cool segment to review the preseason as well. So we're going to do that going in. And obviously we got to talk about fantasy too. So at least three more episodes before the season starts. But I appreciate it once again. My name's Cole Hate. This is the All In Man Cave Podcast. And like I always say, I'm out. Peace.